0: Hey, we're so glad you decided to hang out with us today on the Better Together podcast. Today, I'm Michael. I'm Tony. And we're so excited about <laughs> our guest today, Pastor Locke P. Beecham Jr. Yes. From our Victory Christian Center Liberty Campus. Man, we are
1: so glad you're here. Oh man, I'm so happy to be here. What a privilege and pleasure to be with both of you. Uh-
2: Before we jump in, I want to tell you a little bit about Pastor Locke. Pastor Locke P. Beecham Jr. is a graduate of Miami of Ohio University, where he played football and graduated with a political science degree. He led several successful businesses before he felt the call to ministry. Pastor Locke, along with his wife, First Lady Gloria, have been the campus pastors of our Victory Christian Liberty Campus for twelve years. This June, wow. Pastor Locke also serves as the chief operating officer of Victory Christian Center. Uh, Pastor Locke and First Lady Gloria have been married for eighteen glorious years, and they have three beautiful children. Yes,
0: man, man, we're just so glad to have you here. This is—it's uh, been a long time coming. Yes, and yes. Um, just want to ask you guys a, or ask you a couple questions today. Uh-huh. Uh, eventually, we want to get your wife on here because uh, oh, I man. think it'd be a blast. But she would um, love to. How are, how are you feeling?
1: How I'm, are you doing? I'm feeling terrific. Absolutely. feel great. Um, Sun you know, is shining. has been good. Sun Absolutely. is shining.
2: It's a little chilly. Uh, a little, it is, yeah.
1: it's, but it's May in Youngstown. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, we, well, I guess, I, actually, in Warren today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, yeah. Uh,
0: We're recording this uh, live from our uh, Warren campus. Yeah. Um, but we have three questions that we ask all of our guests, and we want to uh, just break the ice, let, let the folks get to know you a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so, you're a leader, yep. and as our spiritual dad, Bishop, always tells us, uh, leaders are readers. Yes. And we just want to ask you, what is there a specific book that you're reading currently, right now? You're feeding on.
1: Currently, I'm reading Kingdom Man mm. by Dr. Tony Evans. Oh, okay. Powerful book. Powerful book. Wow. Um, I'm really it, diving into that right anything now. Anything that you've that just spoke to you, like uh, right off the top? Well, what speaks to me right off the top is just men taking their place. Yeah, taking their place as uh, and simply as kingdom man. That is Come the on. emphasis. Uh, that's what he has structured this book about. And certainly, he speaks to scriptural references that put the man in place and he he really, he really talks about how much of the disruption uh, Mm -hmm. that we see, especially here in America is because the man is not in place. That's so
0: interesting that you bring that up because last night we had corporate prayer. It's This is relevant uh, to what we're experiencing right now. I just had in my gut, I said, babe, I feel like you're supposed to just pray for Mm. the family unit. And she come out the gate with this. Lord, let men take their place. Yeah. I mean I remember you saying that and I was just like, ooh, it mm. just went into my spirit. So that's just mm. it's just so good to hear yeah. that um that men are, you know, being shaken, being awakened to no see what it is that they're supposed to
1: do. It's a charge to men. It uh-huh. really is. Uh you know, one of one of the funny things he says in there, but I love it. He says, uh, you know, every time I wake up, he says, the devil says, Uh oh. He's up again. He's up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I come love Come on now.
2: That's good. Okay. My question isn't quite as spiritual, uh-huh. but uh, what's your go-to comfort food? Salmon. Salmon. Ooh.
1: I'm a salmon guy. Is there a, spe- a specific way you like it prepared? Um, yeah. I like it grilled, a little crispy. Mm. Um, mm. I don't like it well done, but I don't like it pink either. No. So I like it grilled, um, like, like a little crisp to it. Um, maybe like a little char, mm. something like that on it. Yeah, You, you know, salmon. I'm, a, I'm a big time salmon guy.
0: Pastor Locke, you and I, um, we we have often talked about um, we like to eat. Yeah. We don't like to just eat. We like to eat good
1: food. You better believe it. And um, <laughs> good,
0: I'm all I'm into the atmosphere yeah. and the way it's served yeah. and the way it's prepared. Yes. And, um, yes.
1: I wh- could do salmon. Practically every day. Matter of fact, I just picked up a pack of it at oh, Sam's Club yesterday. You'll be grilling it. So <laughs> it,
0: here's just a side thought, which is uh, goes along with this. What what, what what what's your favorite side that you like to eat with your uh, uh, salmon?
1: With the salmon, ah, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm I'm kind of diverse. Mm. I mean, I can do a little rice sometimes. Sometimes I can do a baked sweet potato. Cool. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can do asparagus. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes I can do some soft broccoli. Oh yeah, like, got to be soft. Though. Yeah, yeah. My wife says I boil all the nutrients out. Right. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> we cook the life out of it. Exactly.
0: Well, one, one final icebreaker question. Um, yep. it, and again, this, is, this doesn't have to be spiritual. This can be completely natural. What is one thing that you've determined and you've decided and realized over the course of your life that you cannot live without? Sports. Sports.
1: And oh, This is a
2: hard season for you, then. <laughs> yeah, it is. Watching reruns
1: outside of my, you know, my my amazing wife and my children. Yeah. Sports, man. I mean, <laughs> hey, you know what? I've been. I was raised on sports. I started playing. I, I wanted to play it like probably my mom say four or five. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't play until I was seven, um, but then I played all the way till I was twenty two. Wow. At Miami of Ohio, and didn't have an opportunity to go to the league, but. Stayed in it, you know, got yeah. the coaching and all of that. Then I was blessed and fortunate. You know, my oldest son, Brandon, mm. he played. So then he played. He started at seven. Wow. And then he played all the way through college at Penn State University. And, wow. And now I'm doing it again. So yeah. now my youngest son, <laughs> who's 16, now he's playing football. So, yeah. you know, it's in the blood, man. Yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, the sports is big. Not just football. I'm a big basketball fan. Uh, I check out some um, – uh, baseball as well. And I sure. check out I check out a little hockey. I I like I like any sport, especially when it comes championship time. Yeah. Cause you I know, like I like to see how people respond when pressure's on. Yeah. Yeah. Two follow-up
0: questions on the sports. So yeah. I was talking with Bishop the other day and he said, um, you know, he's a sports guy too. Yeah. We we know that. And uh he said, you know, I'm I'm finding myself going back and watching reruns you know, rebroadcasts of the championships. Like when the Cavs won the title, he was watching those back. And he goes, I'm just getting excited again. Like I'm watching it for the first time. Yeah, But in this season where there's no social. I know. know. I mean, you have a choice.
1: You don't have a choice. I mean, last night, I think, or what? Oh, I was watching Ohio State in Illinois, I think from 2006. Wow. (laughs) Getting into it. Yeah. 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 Because Ohio State was 10-0 going into that game. And Illinois upset them. Wow. Uh so you know, but yeah, I mean it's that time and it's that place because of COVID nineteen, you yeah. know, that sports aren't live right now. But the those of us who are sports starved, yeah, when we see it on, my wife and my wife's saying last night, like, didn't that already happen? <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't you already see that? Yeah, I did, but it's still exciting. Where the competitive side of us <laughs> just comes out, right? Um <laughs> highlighting your football career. Yeah. Highlight of my football career. Well, I got two. Um uh, two the two that stick out at me. Certainly, I had great time little league and all that other stuff. But little league was more about learning and fun and all that. Biggest highlight of my high school career is beating Cardinal Mooney. Man, mm. beating Cardinal Mooney my senior year, winning the game in overtime, 21-20. Where did you go to high school? I went to Youngstown Ursula. Oh, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we won the championship. That's the biggest highlight. Um, I, I I played a good game. I had a touchdown in that game. Uh, I had a lot of you know a lot of um. Uh, amazing games in high school and stuff like that. But that really sticks out because we won a championship and uh, we had not beat Cardinal Mooney my first three years at Ursuline. Mm. So to beat him my senior year and to go out on a highlight, like that was the bomb, man. That's <laughs> wow. the bomb. My college highlight is West Virginia game. Mm. That was probably my, I think that was my red shirt junior year. It was in Morgantown, 50-something thousand people in the stands. Wow. You know. And I, I played the best game of my life, man. I scored a touchdown and just, we actually tied that game. Mm. Uh, we didn't win. We tied it. We tied them 29-29. Wow. Um, they, had, they had literally about, mm, off of that team, they had about six NFL players Wow. that played in the league for a long time. So we were playing a heck of a team. Yeah. Um. And I had a good game that game as well. So those are the two Those are two that stick out at me. Um. The reality is, though, and I won't go into details, uh, some of the funnest times weren't games. They were like practices. There you man. go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was stuff behind the scenes that people don't see.
0: Well, it's interesting that you bring that up, and I feel like this is a great segue into where we're heading today. We're talking about your journey and how it correlates to the sports field how it, how it correlates in the business realm and yeah. it's interesting you you trace back your life and I know you and I have had this conversation god was teaching you leadership mm. through sports he was yeah. teaching you and I think you made a mention to me in a private conversation you know god has placed me in leader to learn leadership principles yes from from as a young child in in sports and as yes. a as a team player you learned how to be a team player yes. but then god always seemed to place you in positions where you were saying okay guys this is the way we're going to go yep. this is the way we're going to do and your confidence grew it did uh from places uh where where he was teaching you all about leadership so it we want we want you to just uh tell us a little bit about your journey
1: today mm-hmm. well you know as you say that i mean it, again you segued into this and so it just Uh, it makes perfect sense to talk a little bit more about um, this upbringing as far as sports is concerned. You know, I had a love for sports. I I can't say that I was at seven years old that I had an understanding of what leadership was, but uh, I guess those who influenced and impacted my life, they saw something on me uh, and it caused something in me to rise up. Therefore I was very fortunate from the time I was a kid to the time I became a man and at Miami of Ohio, I served in the captain's role. Wow. But I didn't serve in the captain's role because I wanted to be captain. It was just something that my peers identified on me because in the sports world that I, I played in, the team chose the captain, not the coaches. Wow. And that's beautiful because your peers see something in you. Yeah. And then they choose you to lead that team. Uh, the reality though is that even as a leader and as a captain in football, you got to make decisions that sometimes the team don't like, yeah, but that's the part of being the captain that captain and leadership love for sports uh emphasis on team 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 it's who I am yeah it's really what I breathe, I so enjoy it I've literally been on teams all my life. Wow. I really feel like that I've been on teams, and I'm on this amazing team here yeah. at Victory right now, but it brought us into this particular journey that my wife and I are on right now, uh, a journey that I did not see coming. You mentioned about the businesses uh, in the uh, bio that I've been a part of, been very fortunate with regard to that. Um, Just because I felt like God has given me vision um, from a younger age, and so I just felt like uh, this was something that I could, uh, there was something in me that could develop from me. And Mm. it took a team for all those things to come to pass. There's nothing that I've done that I've done solo yeah I have n- I have zero successes that have ever happened in my life that didn't take team oh that's for it good. to come to pass absolutely none and the reality is is that those business successes and failures believe me they're on both ends any success, <laughs> anybody that's been successful in any level of business honestly has probably dealt with more failures than they have successes and certainly that's the case for me but that led to uh, my wife and I making the decision at this time and right around 2008 that I was going to move to Columbus. I was at Victory, um, had come to Victory in 05. You were at Victory when you made Victory. a decision to go to Columbus. Yeah, I was at Victory, and uh, we came 12, 30, 12 30, uh, wow. for a New Year's Eve service um, through a lot of heartache and pain from the previous place that we had been, but we felt like there was time to transition. Sure. Only reason we came to Victory is because Bishop was our neighbor. <laughs> he was the nicest guy, you know, I could ever know. I mean, he really was. Uh, we met by cutting our lawnmowers off. And talking. Yeah. That's how we met. I didn't I didn't know him from a hole in the wall. Wow. Uh the guy I bought the house from told me, like, hey, that guy's the, the pastor at Victory. I didn't know nothing about Victory though. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's nice. It's cool. Met, talked, went through some tough times. We befriended one another. I thought he was just a wonderful gentleman, as well as his wife. I thought they were very kind. And when it came a season for us to transition, he said, Hey, why don't you just, you know what, why don't you just come check out Victory? You know, just hey, just just come and heal. Yeah. You may not stay this, that, and the other. And I say, ah, you know, I don't know. I've never really been I've I've not been at a church that was not predominantly African American. Sure. I've grown up in church all my life and, and so I, there's a there's a flow that I'm used to, this, mm. that, and the other. But I tell you, I, I was so broken as was my wife that we said, you know what, let's just try it. Let's just try it. Yeah. Went 123104, we love we we love what we experience. The people were amazing. We're like, my gosh, everybody's so nice.
0: <laughs> like, man, I mean, it was beautiful,
1: man. I mean, it really was. Courtney McKnight, Dolly McKnight. Yeah. Uh, I just remember the impact that they had on our lives on that night that we came in. Uh, we decided to come back in January of 2005. And um, as they say, the rest is history. So let me just bring you back. Yeah. So January five, we were at the church. We are part of Victory. Um, the business that I had run at that time had failed. And so we were in a position right then where we said, well, okay, well, I got to decide what I'm going to do. So I have an opportunity to continue within the industry. I'm in in the group home industry. been in the group home industry for 20 plus years. So I had an opportunity to open a group home in Columbus. Um, And so I told my wife, I said, hey, you know what? Things are really not working out here. You know, the business thing didn't work here. I got an opportunity to go to Columbus. Now, we're at victory at this point in time. Um, and I said, you know what, nah, I th- you know, we're gonna have to move. Mm. And so she was like, how, oh, you know, I'm really, I don't know, I don't know if we're going to move. Yeah. Um, I feel like God has something else for us here. And I'm like, yeah, I get all that, babe. But um, I just feel like this is an opportunity that I need to take advantage of. And I sure. talked to Bishop about it. Of course, he wasn't Bishop at that yeah, time. Yeah, he was just Pastor David. He was just pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was just pastor. <laughs> pastor so Thomas. I, yeah. So yeah. I just went to, I said, Pastor, you know, here's the opportunity to have this, that, and the other. He knew of some of the uh, trials and tribulation that we were going through emotionally, mm. mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, we were just going through a lot. Mm. And he just said, um, "No, I understand, Locke. I don't. I, I'd hate to see you go, but I understand. Yeah, if I was in your position, I would probably because this is an opportunity, right? Consider it to yeah. help. Yeah, to help to to make your family, um, to to help your family to increase in, in multiple ways. And so, um, and so uh, long short. Uh we go from oh five to oh eight and um we get to oh eight March of two thousand eight. I'm at a service at uh Victory and um a prophet by the name of Victor Botang mm. he comes into town and he's they got this big service that night. Bottom line, he calls me out, he prophesies over me. You know, all those people there. I mean there's there's, there's eight hundred to a thousand people in the in the room. This isn't this is the old life center. Mm. He calls me out, he prophesies over me, and he says, God's got a work for you here. He said, don't leave this covering. He said, if you can be obedient to the Lord. There's nothing that the overseer and the founder has that you shall not have, but you need to submit under this covering. Wow. God has a work for you here. Oh, man, that rocked me. I was like, man, I mean, you are talking about something that just like, I mean, of course I'm weeping. I'm just like trying to figure all this out. And again, I had already told my wife like, Hey, you know what? We're going to move this, that, and the other. So as soon as I get in the car, my wife looks at me. She's like, you heard what that prophet said. I'm like, yeah, I heard what he was talking to me. I heard him. I heard him. Right? Well, he said
2: exactly what your wife said.
1: exactly. <laughs> he did. Like very
2: specifically.
1: I mean, he, I'm, I I really, I won't do it now, but I, I know the prophecy uh, front to back because mm. I just memorized it over wow. these years. Um, I talked to pastor probably the next day and I said, hey, you know what? You heard what the prophet said, this, that, and the other. And he said, yeah, I did. Like He said, but. I still think you're making the right decision mm. as far as moving. That's what he said. He said, I said, yeah, I said, I, f- I feel like that too. And I said, I'm telling my wife, I said, I don't know. I told him, I said, I don't know what God is up to. And I am, I know about the prophetic because yep. I had been at a church where we were heavy into the prophetic. So I understood it and I knew God was speaking to me, but I didn't know exactly what he meant by that whole prophecy. I want to ask you this.
0: Um, So, for those guys that are listening out here, I think that this is a strong note for you. Um, Listen to your wives. Yeah, listen to your wives because um, they hear the Holy Ghost too. Yeah, we
2: can. You can misinterpret. Yeah. Easily what a prophet, what a prophet can
0: say, but your wife will always confirm it or reconfirm yes. or even speak to you.
2: Well, I guess you just don't go off of just what one person says. You yeah. need to take it to the Lord. You need to take it to prayer. You need to take it to your spouse, which I'm assuming you. And yeah. it sounds yeah. like you did all the all the steps.
1: Yeah, no question, because we were both we were as couples do. Um, it's pretty impossible to not endure pain together. Mm. Yeah it's pretty impossible because if one spouse is in pain and you are in covenant, how can the other spouse not, not be in it. some level of pain as well? So we were in pain together. So when she told me that I didn't shun her off. Yeah, I just said, I, I hear you bae, but I need to do my best to take care of our family. Yeah, And this is March of 2008. I had already had the conversation with pastor at the time and he said, no, I really believe you're making the right decision. This, that, and the other 90 days later, 90 days later, I get a phone call, June 1st of 2008. And he calls me and he says, hey, he says, hey, Lon, can can you be at my house in about 20 minutes? Hmm.
0: Wait, so back up. Yeah.
1: Uh, the thing in Columbus did not work out. No, 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 no. It's still there. So oh, it's you're still going on. Oh, you are of... in process. I'm in process. Wow. I, got, okay. I, got, I got all the books at home, trying to figure out where I'm gonna live. You know, now why Columbus? Well, because I had lived in Columbus before. Okay. When, when okay. I graduated college, I lived in Columbus for three years. Okay. So I was familiar with Columbus. So you are proceeding
0: you know with caution you are making points oh, yeah. you're making plans you're yeah. checking with wife yeah. you're making plans yeah. you're checking with the holy ghost you're yep. making plans but yep. you are moving, oh, I'm moving
1: towards columbus i'm moving i mean it's 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 a in my heart it's a done deal now there was flying the ointment because of that prophecy yeah that prophecy was on me so i i couldn't shake it of course every day from the march date until we get to this june date that we're going to talk about mm. i'm thinking about like What was this man saying? So let me ask you this.
0: What did you learn through this? Like through this leadership principle, what did you learn about, you know, you've got your eyes on an objective, you've got your eyes on the prize, where you're heading, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost just hits the
1: brakes, pumps the brakes. Destiny can't be denied. Wow.
0: There's the nugget.
1: Destiny cannot be denied. When God's got a call on your life and God has a purpose and plan for your life, it's going to come to pass if you are willing to submit to God's plan.
2: That's key because you were making your plan, but you're saying every day you had that prophecy going through your head and you were trying to figure out how that fit
1: and what he meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, So I would, I would, what I would not do is I wouldn't discount the prophecy as much as I was saying, hey, honey, we going this, that, and the other. Yeah. Every day I was thinking like, God, what are you saying? What you doing? Mm-hmm. There's got to be something to this. Nah, I, I'm, I couldn't shake it. I said, there's got to be something to it. Now, did I envision all of... No, no, I wasn't yeah. thinking that. But I knew it was something. And then I get this call. What happened? June 1st, he calls me. said, can you be in my house in 20 minutes? I'm like, who sure. Ca- who calls you? Bishop calls me. I'm like, David L. Thomas. I'm like, now, of course... And remember, we talked about this from the beginning. Pastor at the time, Mm -hmm. we developed our relationship as friends. Come on. He wasn't my pastor. It was organic. Exactly. It was just an organic friendship relationship. So, being at Victory, although he became my pastor, Mm -hmm. honestly, he was my friend first. That's beautiful. And so it made that relationship a lot different. Yeah. You know, I didn't like I never had I honor him, but I like I didn't walk into victory like, oh my gosh, that's like David Thomas. It was like, no, nah, that's my neighbor. <laughs> you know, I was I've was like, seen him know. in a t-shirt and yeah, shorts, was like, yeah. That's like my neighbor, I mean I, I gotta share this, you know. So what was so cool is that I remember the first time I saw him cutting grass, because I had heard that he had pastored this big old church. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, um, I said, You cut your own grass? And he started laughing. He was like, "Yeah." He said, "And sometimes I give the angels off, and I pump my own gas too." Uh. <laughs> I said, "Ah, uh, uh, cha-ching." Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, you got jokes. <laughs> so he calls me and he says, "Uh, yeah." I, I said, "Yeah, I could be at your house." He, he had he had never done that. That was odd mm. to you, anyway. Yeah, yeah. he had he never, had done, never that. done that at this time. He's moved. Yeah. Okay. He's moved. He's moved probably less than a mile away from where I'm living. But
0: you're time. not direct neighbors
1: anymore. Nope, we're not okay. direct neighbors. We're not next door neighbors anymore. He's moved. I, I meet him over his house. We go right to the porch. Um, and Pastor Kathy, uh, she comes to the sliding door window um, where Bishop and I are sitting. And I and I noticed her there. And, you know, I'm just kind of like, man, I'm thinking like, man, what's going on? Now I didn't think nothing bad or nothing like that. And so, you know, we get we get to talking and he was like, you know, he said, like, I'm gonna get right to it. I said, OK, he said, um, we've had a change, you know, over at our Liberty campus. And I said, OK, he said. And um, he said, and I talked to the elders and um, we believe you're the one to go and pastor that campus. Wow. He just dropped it right there. He just dropped it. <laughs> He just dropped the mic on me. I, I promise you, I had not been sitting on his porch more than 10 minutes. Mm. And he got right to it. And I'm like, I just looked at him. And he was like, Bef- be, really, before I could even start saying stuff, he was like, Locke, sometimes God does it suddenly. Mm. And I was like, okay. And he was like, what I'm saying is you don't have 30 days to pray about it. Mm. So I'm thinking, like, I'm about to make maybe the biggest decision of my life. And he's telling me, I don't even have 30 days to pray about it. I'm like, God is up to something. Yeah. And immediately, the prophecy came back. Yeah. yeah, And it was like, this is what Victor was saying. Yeah.
0: You know, what I see here is just that you you were talking about um, the relationship Mm -hmm. and how it organically grew. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting to me, God always does things preparing in one season, preparing us for the next season and preparing us for what is to come and the same Holy Ghost That spoke to you through a prophetic word, the same Holy Ghost that was nudging you uh, through your wife was the same Holy Ghost that was speaking to you. And so when Bishop began to speak, he pricked your heart and you recognized this is the same God. Yes. And this is how I know him. I follow that peace. And I don't follow any, anything else. And that's where you got. So as you begin to abide with him, Mm -hmm. as you begin to abide with Jesus and Mm -hmm. you begin to abide in this beautiful relationship with uh, David Thomas, you begin to understand how the spirit of God was working
1: in your life. And so this,
0: this led you to make another decision. Yeah. Into, uh, after, before 30 days was up, you had to make a decision. I had
1: to make a decision. I had to make a decision and I had to ponder and process and pray about. The process, and how God had brought me to that place where He could see fit that I would be able to serve in that capacity. Remember, I'm a person that's I'm I'm a sports guy. I'm mm. a business guy. I'm not a pastor. I didn't grow up to be a pastor. I didn't I didn't I didn't see anything like this. I didn't have any desires to pastor anybody's church whatsoever. Wow. You know, so I wasn't around. Um, bishops and pastors and, you know, and I grew up in church, you know, I mean, that's, but that's what we did in our household. We went to church, Yeah, but this was as far stretched as I could have ever imagine. What, what, what I realized, uh, even, even in 08 that, um, the preparation and the process of God bringing me to this place, he had to use pain mm-hmm. and that was And I think that's, that's one of the greatest misnomers in a lot of people's lives is they don't realize that God uses pain Mm. as preparation Wow! because there are some things that he's got to burn off.
2: That'll preach.
0: You know, um, I want to just ask you this before we transition into another pen, but how did you make that decision? I mean, yeah. Comes down to brass
1: tacks and yeah. uh, he's you got 30 days. Yeah.
2: I'm assuming you went home and told your wife. Yeah, I
1: did. Well, I called her. I'm shucks. I, I, I hadn't even I hadn't even been in the car for 10 seconds. and I'm like, you can't believe you. I'm like, you're not going to believe what Bishop told me, this, that and the other. And yeah, I mean, and she was just as shocked as I was. Uh, we went home. We just we just prayed. We prayed for a matter of days mm-hmm. about it. Uh, What I knew is I already had a commitment to begin this uh, business in Columbus Mm -hmm. and I had to stay with it. So I couldn't balk. I couldn't balk. I had already committed. I had already done a lot of work. I'd done a lot of research. We had bought a property, the whole nine. And so um, I went to Bishop, uh, certainly, and I just, and I said, yes. Um, But he knew that that yes meant that I was going to stay committed to my business in Columbus. And so I did that. So for five years- I drove back and forth from Columbus wow. to Youngstown from did, two, I, 2008 to 2013. Every wow. week. You know what? I every did, week. I did not know that. Yes. Five years I was by vocational. Wow. Five years. Well,
2: not just by vocational, but by vocational in a and completely a, other a totally different city, city yeah. two and a half to three yeah. hours away. Yeah.
1: And so most of the time when I went, I didn't come home. But probably for the first two and a half to three years, I would stay either one night or two nights and then come back. Um, and then probably right around the fourth and fifth year, I would just do day trips. Yeah. Now, mind you, at the same time, I got a son at Penn State University playing Division One football, and you got to be there watching. Absolutely. Him. <laughs> so I'm so I'm so I'm ministering on Sunday. I'm in Columbus during the week, and, and I'm Saturday back on the night. road either Friday night to go to his game or Saturday morning, depending on where they're playing, and then back. Now I, I wasn't taking Sunday off. Now, wow. so I would come back. I mean, I I, I remember I I drove to uh, 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 Mike and I. We drove to uh, Chicago. They played Northwestern, and they had a night game, and we drove back. I and mean, I got back at like four o'clock in the morning. Had to preach. Absolutely.
2: Oh my mm-hmm. goodness.
1: Absolutely. But you know what? God graced me um, during that season. Was was the decision to say yes? Was it difficult? Let me let me let me tell you why. It was and it wasn't. It wasn't because I knew it was God. It was because I had no idea how to be a pastor. Wow. No clue. He was molding you. He Man, was shaping you. I had no clue. I knew I was like, but it was. But the Lord had told me in two thousand eight. Did he? He said clearly. He said. He said one of. He said one of the best things that I like about where I have you is you can't lean on anybody but me. Wow. I've been there. Most of the things that you've done, <laughs> most of the things that you've done and excelled at, you've had experience. Come on, but not here. Yeah, I remember when I stepped in, it was
0: very similar. I I'd been a worship leader, you know. Yep. Most of my uh, adult life as a married man, I yep. I thrive at that, but preaching every week on a Sunday morning learning mm-hmm. how to hear from God mm-hmm. on a weekly basis for fresh manna. Yep. I mean, this takes you out of your comfort zone. Yep. He breaks off everything that is not necessary no and everything that is anti-God. Yes. And he and and here's the thing, when you're being shaped and molded and and you know, made to be pliable, it don't feel good. No. no. You know, you're being forced into a, a, a God wants to change how you are coming across, he wants to change what's coming out of you. And so, in order to do that, he's got to put some stuff in you. In order to get some of that stuff man, in you, he's got to man. take some of that stuff exactly. out of it.
2: Well, God's not as concerned about our comfort as we are. No,
0: no. He's not.
2: There's no gr- growth in a comfort zone. Oh, yeah. so and good. there's no comfort in a growth that's zone. So you that's just so have good. to get used to that. You do. Fact. Now, I just have a very raw question uh-huh. Were you scared?
1: No, I wasn't scared. There was no fear? No, no, no. I mean, I, honestly, I approached uh, pastoring the, the same way I did sports. I was never scared. Yeah. I always had an anticipation. I always had butterflies. But it wasn't because I was scared. Honestly, it was it was the butterflies that told me that I was prepared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I had stuff going on in my stomach, that meant that to me, that meant I was prepared. I wasn't I wasn't scared. Um, You know, I was confident that this was an assignment from God. I knew it was from God, you all, because like there was nothing I had said, like I never had any conversations with Bishop. I never had any sidebars with nobody. So I knew I said, this is from God. And if this is from God. He's going to give me everything I need. And when I really went to God about like, listen, God, I need you to download me. I need you to give me what I need to do this, sit and any other. And he's like, I've been preparing you your whole life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think you've been doing in this stuff in leadership? Come on. He gave you eyes to he see. He did. He okay. did. He said he said, "Look back. Look back at the walk of your life. Mm-hmm. He said, "Look back at your successes and your failures. Yeah. They have all prepared you for here." And because you have valued team your whole life, I can use you because it's going to take a team. As Jesus was saying, uh, "Look at me. Yeah. I am the epitome of team leadership." Yeah. yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I had my confidence Pastor Tony in the fact that Although God had not used the uh, religious arena to prepare me, He had used every phase of my life—peaks, yeah. valleys, ups, downs—and so I felt, you know what? It's gonna take a little bit. I did know that, but it's gonna be all right. Yeah. I didn't have, but honestly, I didn't. I didn't arrive like with any goals or nothing like that. I didn't say like, "Okay, I want this church to be this, this, that, and the other." No, I just took it one day at a time. But you yeah. know, it was tough. It was yeah. it was really tough, especially in 08. and it was tough. Yeah how
0: how did you you know I, I know we're we're getting into some overtime here. Yeah, uh, but I just want to ask I, I know that there's no way we're going to get into uh, answer all some you're going to have to come back. That's all we're going to say with
2: <laughs> first with, lady. With yeah, first yeah. lady, yeah.
0: I would love but to. But I do want to ask you since we're talking about first lady, um, how, and and kids, how did you balance a full time job? going, you know, pastoring a full-time church and raising a full-time family. How did you find balance in that? And what was your key to doing it so well? Because look at, as your brother, we look at you and we're like, man, Locke's yeah. got it together. Yeah. How's he doing all this?
1: Well, the non-highly intellectual answer is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. The reality is that Grace covered me and God has helped me and I have done my best to communicate with my wife as well as my children on where I am needed um, and where uh, I need to do better. Um, What I didn't do or what I didn't, I tried my best not to do, I should say. I didn't sacrifice my kids and my family. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So I did put the church on pause when I needed to. Because I knew, especially so, my oldest was in high school at that time. I knew that, you know, this high school's a small window. So I'm going to enjoy this. When he was at Penn State, I said, "Listen, small window. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I'm gone on the weekend. I'm, I'm you know what." I'm going, And I was there for majority of services. I was there. I flew out to California. He played in the Rose Bowl. Wow.
2: wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I flew out to the Rose Bowl in 2000. That would have been January of 2009. So certainly I wasn't there in that service on that Sunday. But there. So there were spotted Sundays that honestly, you all I didn't even blink mm. because at the end of the day, family, man.
0: What's Bishop Thodis? The, the ten-year rule. Come on, ten-year rule, man. What, what is the ten-year rule? The
1: ten-year rule is that you know, ten years from now, we won't we won't know whether or not you were in church or not, but your child will remember whether or not you were at their event. And so I made sure of that. So all of my kids, that I was there for them. Same thing with my wife. Just taking that time out. We take that time out to get away, you know, uh, seasonably. Um, now, has it has it have I ever had points of it just being overwhelming? with all of the, um, responsibility to, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And whenever, when I find myself getting there, I just, honestly, I just retreat for a season. Um, and just, you know, the reality is, and I'm sitting here with two pastors is that, um, 99.99% of the people that attend our churches have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what it's like to pastor a church. You think we just work on Sunday? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I told somebody the other day, I think it was one of my spiritual sons. I said, you have to understand. I mean, I've, I've spoken at graduations and I've done all types of speaking engagements, you know, for many, many years of my life. Nothing is more challenging than preparing God's word. Yeah. Speaking
0: of that, um, there's one last question that we would love to ask you. Yep. Um, you, you flow in the prophetic, you and, Bo- and first lady, uh, flow in that. But, um, this last question, uh, I want my wife to ask this. Uh. Yep.
2: What are you sensing that the Lord is telling to his church in this season, this tight season, this COVID-19 season? What have you been sensing God stirring in the church clearly and God for the saying, church?
1: No question. Thank you, Pastor Tony. Clearly God, clearly God is saying it's two words, wake up. Come on. Yeah. Wake up and get the body ready. Yeah. Um, because there's a huge charge that's being given to those of us who have been deemed um, uh, overseers of the flock, of God's flock. He's saying wake up. He's yeah. saying wake the people up. Mm-hmm. Uh, begin to speak the reality of who we are, where we are where we're going because um, yeah, I've been hearing all my life that Jesus was coming back real soon. <laughs> I've been hearing that since <laughs> I was a little kid. Mm. Uh, but the reality is that, but it's not, it's not the rapture um, necessity of preparation, but it is where we are today and us realizing that this is a pivotal time uh, to win those back to Jesus Christ. And so we've got to be very diligent. we got to be very confident. Uh, I really believe that this has caused prayerfully a mantle uh, to come upon those of us who have the authority and those of us who have the privilege to serve yeah. and to be able to speak to the flock. We we really have got to uh we we've, we've got to up our authority. You know, we cannot cow down to what society is saying and you know and and read a storybook message on a Sunday morning. We got to challenge every day people to experience every victory in Jesus. Yeah. And that is a challenge, especially in this day
0: and age, in this Western uh, Americanized yeah. Jesus gospel. Yeah. Um, but we um, listen. We we we're, we're so thankful to have you here, and we understand we're we're never going to unwrap this entire package <laughs> called um, Pastor Locke. Um, but we want to just ask you a couple ending co- conversation questions. Um, uh-huh. How can our friends connect with you on
1: uh, website? Uh, wh- what can we do? Uh, they can connect with me through the. Um Probably through my uh, Facebook, of course, which is just my name, um, Lockby Beecham Jr. You can connect certainly through our church website, vccliberty.com. Or actually, actually, you can go through vcc one church mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, and then at Pastor Lock, as far as uh, Instagram and all those things are concerned, you know, I I, I try to stay up on that. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as swift and smooth as y'all are, oh, but you man. know, I I try to stay up on that as much as I can.
2: Awesome. And we're called Better Together. And so who makes your life better because they're in it? Give them a shout out. My wife.
0: <laughs> now. Not even close.
2: We love you, First Lady, Gloria. <laughs>
0: we love you, First Lady. Yeah. Well, we are better together, so make it a point this week to connect with someone virtually, especially during this COVID-19 season. Grab a cup of coffee with the guys. Um, Come and hang out with us uh, at Brotherhood on Monday nights at 8 p.m. And Ladies, Sisterhood is at 7 p.m.
2: Our Zoom links are on our page. Do you have any virtual Bible studies going on right now, Pastor Locke?
1: Uh, I've got the online platform, which will happen tomorrow night, Wednesday at 7 Mm p.m. Follow us on Facebook.
0: Awesome. Connect at a church. If you don't have a church, find a healthy Bible-believing church in your area and check it out. If you're in the Warren, Boardman, Viana, Liberty, Newcastle, New Wilmington, Columbiana, or Coitsville areas, we invite you to come and hang out with us online here at vcc one Church com. You can check out our website there, and to, you can find out all of our locations at those. We're looking to uh, come back together. We're prayerfully considering a time together soon. Um, but we want to just say thank you. Thank you for listening, uh, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you back here next week.
2: And don't forget, we, we are, are better, better together. together.